It's a beautiful day to beat the sun up. Rise and grind and greet your day. Put something new in that coffee cup. Live your life the 6S way. Stay safe, stay sane, stay sexy. Try that new morning routine. And follow your curiosity with RK. It's too early for that note. Good morning, friends. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, everybody. Where, where are we? Sorry, I'm very tired, so we're going to have some sound effects this morning. Sounded like... Ask for it. Sounded like a Disney Junior show intro with that rhyming. Oh, did it? Did I rhyme? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy that I rhymed. That's great. Yeah, your intro belongs between Out of the Box and Bear in the Big Blue House. Love it. All right. Thank good you. morning. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Um, I am exhausted. But that is okay because today, guys, we're going to talk about Malcolm Gladwell, dive into him as a person, and then tomorrow's book club day. So our book of the month was... Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. So you still have time to read it if you haven't yet. And uh, we will have a discussion on it tomorrow morning on this show. And then we won't have a show on Friday because I will be on the train. That is where we're going with all this. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, that's clear. <laughs> what's, the, what's the movie, Sabs? Come on. I don't know what to do with my hands. I feel like people say that in a lot of movies. Oh, come on. This is a very known movie. Come on, Sapsicles. Okay, to be fair, my brain is half off, so I'm not... I'm not no, I'm, 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 I'm not going to shame you. Don't worry. Talladega Nights, Will Ferrell. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to I do was, with my hands. <laughs> I was up too late last night because I had to uh, clean... I'm cl I was cleaning up the room, the room where I fulfill orders from. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Stop picking your nose. You got it. You got it. I feel like I hear people saying that they I don't they don't know what to do with their hands so much that I don't even associate it with the movie. Because it's just such a classic. It's it, it is uh, uh, culture now. Too many people just don't know what to do with their hands. Yeah, because Ricky Bobby taught us it's okay to admit that. All right. Oh, good for him, dude. Good for him. Yeah, I was up late last night getting my um the the room next to this room cleaned because it's where the I have all my stuff. The plushies are supposed to arrive here tomorrow, all the cat plushies, so I needed to clear out a ton of space for them. And then on top of that, um, I need to get all those packaged to ship out because I want people to receive them as soon as possible. So if they get here tomorrow, I can, and I have everything else pre-packaged, I can just stick it in there. Or if they get here after I leave, then Tyler could just stick them in there and tape the boxes shut and then set them out for the post office. I really want people to get these by Halloween if they can, so I'm trying my best. Yeah, I can get that. Max is a Halloween kitty, so it would be good to celebrate with him on. Yeah, Dude, in Hocus Pocus, Allison gets so into it when she's correcting Max. She pulls, like, the ultimate, well, actually, it just so happens that Halloween comes from All Hallows Eve. The only time a year when we like we connect with the dead. 
Thanks, Allison. And then the whole class claps. That wasn't an everybody claps moment. <laughs> it was like this. And then everybody claps. Yeah. My mom is here, and yes, mom, it is clean. We cleaned it last night. It's all clean. And I organized all the doll clothes into a little doll clothes uh, wardrobe. If you were up super late, you could have had some company last night. Oh, Sarah, you were up late too? I like how you changed your name to Madam Admin. <laughs> it's it's an awesome name. That's a wonderful name. You were up late too? I didn't even know that. I, didn't I love the new that. picture too. That's adorable. I you and that. Emma are adorable. That's so cute. Good morning, everyone. We're going to say good morning. We're going to talk a little bit about Malcolm Gladwell. And don't forget that tomorrow is book club day. So we'll have a fun discussion. Book club day. You can come on the stream with us and talk about book club stuff. Talk about the book with us. Talk about it. Talk about it. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. I, uh, I have lots of thoughts on this book. How many thoughts do you have? um 69 thoughts that's a lot of thoughts and they're all waiting for me at your mom's house damn <laughs> good morning ally good morning ripley good morning ag kemper who's reminding everyone to give the stream a like that's right if you haven't yet give the stream a like while you're while you're sitting there or dislike i don't care i'm not going to tell you how to feel about things but i will request that you engage with the stream good morning deanna good morning lick the shit out of it lick it do that go like you guys ah. asked for it uh good morning kitty bright who says i'm sick and had to stay home from work today oh i hope you feel better Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Shelby. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Sarah. Sarah, did you change your name like halfway through this chat? Because you're blank space creations up here and then you... Oh, yep, there it is. There it is. Now you're Madam Admin. I like that too. I like that. I like that because it rhymes. We we appreciate a good, a good rhyme here. That's how we feel about things that rhyme. Yeah. I don't think we dig I have the any sound effects that rhyme actually uh oh what rules you sons of bitches i like that one though good oh, morning sorry i was gonna say we're in for this together trisha i don't know either i don't think it's gonna ruin him for me either i just decided to look into his his i was looking into his controversies and there's very few of them so I don't think it's going to ruin him for you because yeah. I really liked his book. I think we're going to, uh, if, if everyone wants to talk about his book tomorrow, I think my discussion of it's going to be mostly positive. I thought it was pretty good. I've I'm cited sorry. it in other things like in other book reviews and comparisons and stuff. I think it's a good book. I thought it was a good book. I'm also sorry for, uh, cutting off your hello. Who are you saying hello to? Oh, sup party people stop picking your nose sup yeah party stop picking people. your nose what's up good morning cool gamer good morning devastatia good morning liza lou good morning brit good morning maggie good morning to my mom what's up mom um doo, 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 doo. oh yeah madam mumbles i made my way over to your channel and started watching one of your videos the other day by the other day i literally mean yesterday nice uh it was the same day that I saw you, or Maggie Mubbles, not Madam. I just combined um, it was okay. Sarah's new name with it. Yeah, because 
I had no idea that you made such witchy shit. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. If y'all need some witchy shit to get into, check out Maggie Mumbles. What's up, Shelby? What's up, Lindsay? Since Maggie Mumbles has brought up, I didn't know there was a... Yeah, okay, you know what? I'm just going to bring up my own website right now. We're going to do a little... Uh... We're doing a little self-promo real quick, since y'all are already talking about it. There we go. So this is foreverhomefriends.com. I'm going to put it in the... I'm going to have to change all of this very shortly from a pre-order to a picture of this thing together to regular order. But anyway, that's Max the Vampire Kitty. Right now, pre-order the collection. It hopefully should ship out by this Thursday or by tomorrow. We'll find out. And the book is now <coughs> available to ship out immediately. But yes, these are the different dog collections we have. This one is Kringle. He's for Christmas time. He's got a little Santa hat. He's a little holiday puppy friend. So. He's a cutie. He's, he's a cute boy. He's cute. He's cute. Real cute boy. We love him. So that's, uh, that's foreverhomefriends.com. That's what I am packaging things up for. Getting ready to go with that. Alright. Where is the rest of the chat? Good morning, Nuka Cherry. Good morning, Trisha. Um, Derek, we are reading Outliers this month. I'm good. And Kringle is a pit bull. He's a, a sweet little white pit bull. Just like Chewy. Chewy's a brown pit bull, though. But yes, I like pit bulls a lot. That'll be a good Christmas. Always nice to see family. Yeah, that's wonderful. And what an adventure it'll be. And good morning, Amber, and good morning, Ellen. All right, guys, let's get some journaling done, and then we will get into our topics for the day. Um, now that we've got music, this is great. I also have this other journal right here that when we cleaned out the coffee table, I found this other journal. So this will have to be for after I finish this one. I well, Aaron did... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, well, Aaron did this thing where she cleans up... But I don't really think it looks that much cleaner, and all she did was move my shit, so I gotta find my shit. Oh, sorry! I'll give it's you all good. to find it then. That's okay. I, I, I get it when I'm like, oh, I knew where my stuff was when it was messy. Why did someone else clean it for me? Dude, it wasn't messy. There were three books on here. This was definitely OCD. That's fair. That's fair. I wish I had the clean OCD. I just have the other kind of OCD where I'm just. This wasn't clean OCD. This was this was things not in the right place OCD. I gotcha. Like I said, I this was this was 100 percent clean. I feel you, bro. Literally, the only three things on here were a coffee mug and three books. I have no idea why the pen is now gone with the coffee mug, but I'm stealing her pen. And if she asks, I'm gonna be like, I don't know where your pen is. Wow, that's passive aggressive. Good for you. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that for you. She stole my pen. I'm stealing hers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Steal each other's pens. I used to use this as a gratitude journal. And I was just... 
Wednesday, September 4th, 10 things I'm grateful for. One, people think I'm funny on the internet. I wrote that like two years ago. <laughs> I was so grateful for that. Number three was I made bacon. <laughs> I'll have to use that as my next journal once I finish this one. And the pen was in my journal too, so she definitely just felt the need to move my journal. The pen fell out, and she was like, well, this pen is now going somewhere else. Oh, I'm sorry. That's frustrating. <sighs> I was using that pen for work, too, because I keep other notes for work in another journal. Yeah, my mom gets it. She says, I'm an overcleaner. I don't even call this cleaning. I came home from the game last night and cleaned. I, I wiped down the kitchen. I did all the dishes. I wanted to make sure everything was clean. This is just... Like, there's a wrapper here. She literally just avoided the wrapper. To see. I think she just stole my pen. I think that's really what it is. That that's that sounds likely. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to bring this on the train when I come to see you. Because I was like, it's going to be NaNoWriMo time. And I want to get NaNoWriMo writing done on the train. But the laptop that I have needs to be plugged in in order to function at all ever. Because its battery is completely shot. And it's, it's like a super old laptop that I got used years ago. Um, so I was like, I'll bring the laptop, but also I don't, now nah, maybe I won't even bring the laptop. Anyway, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to do all my writing on this. So I'm going to hope that all the writing I do on this is, uh, saved and that all of this works properly. So we will see. Got a little digital typey writer over here. I hope she asks where her pen is. I want to lie to her so badly. I want to say I have no idea. <laughs> I'm so you lost really, it when you're you you're really fixated on this. Yeah, stop touching my shit. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. I won't touch your shit. Um. All right, guys. You know what? This would be a great thing for you to journal about. You can journal about how frustrated you are about your shit being touched. I'm very bothered. I hate when people touch my shit. It always bothers me because I know where everything is because I always put things very deliberately in the same spot all the time. No, that's that's relatable. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, as someone moves my stuff, I'm like, where'd you put it? And then sometimes they don't even remember. They're like, I don't remember. I just put it away. What do you mean away? You put it where? I had it where I knew where it was. <laughs> now nice. you put it you put it somewhere. You don't even know. Okay, thanks. I'm going to move her AirPods. She's always losing those. I'm just going to throw them in an underwear drawer. Where'd they go? I don't know. That's a cool prank, bro. Yeah, it's definitely it's just a prank. That's all it is. It's not revenge. <laughs> Why are you so bothered by it? It's just a prank. It's just a prank, bro. <laughs> Oh, man. No, I'm not going to be that psychotic. I'm just going to vent to the internet. Sarah's like, he's so I, bothered. I am. <laughs> You're so bothered. That's okay. You can vent. You can vent to me about anything, anytime. That's that's what friends are Don't for. Don't touch my shit, friends. And I'll also keep that in mind. I will <laughs> never touch your shit because I don't want this. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Today is October 26th. Write that in your journal. Um, we're gonna. Uh, if you need something to write about, we can do a writing prompt. Give me a number between seven. Okay. Just going. You're just going in order. I like that you remember what the number the day before was. 
All right. Outside the window, yeah, you see Just like something. how I remember where my pen is. I, it's a good thing you didn't change the date on me. It's a good thing I didn't change uh, the system we were using. Oh, actually, I said pick a number between 1 and 60, but we're working in base 7 today, so I don't know what I changed it on you. <laughs> the writing prompt, if you need a prompt for today instead of just writing what pops into your head, it is... What was it? Sorry, I just lost it. Outside the window, you see something you can't believe. Outside the window, you see something you can't believe. So if you need something to get your noggin jogging, then you can use that. Or you can just journal about whatever pops into your head. We've got some nice flute music and... Let me make sure this is... Yep, normal speed. And we've got two minutes on the clock. So everybody, get your pencils and pens or get your fingers on the keyboard if you're typing. Get ready to just nonstop write for two minutes. Everybody ready? And... journals and everything away. I did a little more uh, brainstorming for my NaNoWriMo project. I enjoy using the writing prompts as a way to brainstorm backstory for what I'm writing for NaNoWriMo. I think it's a good way to get like, because sometimes, you know, you have the plot and you don't always have every character's backstory, all the little interactions, all the voices down. It can be helpful to use the writing prompts as a way to think about, okay, how might this prompt connect to something in the character's life and then see where it takes you into potential for their backstory. So right now I've been writing about how this main character is trying to connect with a journalism professor in college while her mom is battling cancer at home. 
That's what I've been writing about. I wrote about my pen. Is that really what you wrote about? Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's good. You got it. That's the whole point of journaling is to get your, your thoughts and your feelings out on the page. Sometimes I've just journaled about pure frustration too, but it's usually been like, I'm frustrated at my muscles for being sore when they should get good and be strong instead of sore right now. And now I'm just seeing pens everywhere. None of the right ones. There's a pen literally under the, she did not clean shit. She just moved something that I owned and lost it. That's all she did. <laughs> she oh, just... I'm sorry. <laughs> she may have just needed to use a pen. There's a pen there. There was a pen there. <laughs> Did you find your pen? No. I just oh, see two sorry. other pens that aren't mine. Did you use a pen to journal with? I use hers. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Do and now it's mine. Did you get a new pen? No, she'll just take it when she's not cleaning. <laughs> okay. I won't get you a pen then. Hey, Logan. What's up, buddy? Um, Zoe said, uh, I haven't been journaling lately. Sometimes it makes me feel emotions and I don't always like it. I, at first I read that as I'm not journaling because I don't feel emotions and I don't like, like, I thought you were like, journaling reminds me that I'm a sociopath because I can't actually feel anything when I'm writing and I hate remembering that fact. I thought that's what you were saying at first, but you were saying the opposite. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Sometimes I journal. The other day I was journaling and I was journaling and I was getting, I was feeling too many emotions the other day. I don't know what it was. I think I was just going through like a little depressive spell, but I was journaling and I was <coughs> like, I am lonely. No one wants to hang out with me. And I felt really sad. So I was just journaling all my sadness. My mom says you're an angry elf. Damn right. <laughs> move my shit. Gene says you're Double damn right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's talk a little <clears throat> bit about Malcolm Gladwell. So first, we're going to take a look. I'm going to pull up the book that we're reading. I use the examples about sports outliers in this book as a way to explain to Matt Walsh that a small population of the, of the world being trans does not automatically like throw women's sports for a loop and make the entire concept of sports non-existent because outliers and people who have had various different situations in sports have always existed. Let's talk about Malcolm Gladwell. That's what I, I did in my review of what is a woman. That was fun. Uh, Sarah says you're an angry hobbit. Just every Tolkien creature. <laughs> Everyone just making you a different angry creature today. <laughs> But I do appreciate that your mom was at least quoting Elf. Yes, my mom likes quoting Elf. Elf is a great movie, dude. Elf is probably is probably my favorite Will Ferrell movie. It's a good one. I like that the stream has had two Will Ferrell references already. We haven't even okay. done anything with Eurovision yet. We haven't Eurovision even sang, is very solid. We haven't sang Coolin' with the homies or anything. Your Eurovision is a very solid Will Ferrell movie. Um, so this is, this is, uh, this is what we're reading. This is what we're going to be discussing tomorrow. I'm just Outlines. applauding one more Tolkien. 
Definitely. You're a chill Balrog. You're not. Yeah, you're not angry this time. You're chill in this in this case. Yeah. Um. So Outliers. Out, so this is what we are reviewing, or we're going to be discussing tomorrow. Um. I think that this this book uh, breaks down very well why there are certain trends of success in certain areas, and it's kind of all about how it's about where hard work meets opportunity, which is something that's very common sense. I think we all knew that, but I think this book breaks it down well with examples of how things work, and we'll have a really good discussion about that. Um, this is the first book of his I've read. Um, this person doesn't... <clears throat> this person doesn't like it. Um, oh, maybe he's uh, being critical of some of the research in it. That's cool. We can delve into all that tomorrow. I just wanted to show you guys what book we were reading. So this is Malcolm Gladwell. He is... Cool. I don't know if I'd call him a guru. I'd call him... He's definitely in the self-help sphere. He's someone who is very often referenced in the self-help sphere. Uh, because he is all about, you know, how to, like, different ways to find success and things like that. So he's often referenced in the self-help world, but he, he is, his work is quite well-researched. When you, at least when I read this book, he had a plethora of examples. So, he's got a lot more, he, he feels like, kind of like Brene Brown, really. Honestly, the combination of the where, where self help meets qualitative research that's what that's what he feels like to me. That's been my experience. Um, so overall, overall, I like him so far. We're gonna look at a few of his controversies just for the drama because the drama is always fun. Because he's not he's not perfect, just as no one is. Um, but overall, I like him. His whole big thing is that to find success you need to do 10,000 hours, right? That's, like, his big thing that he's mostly known for, I'm guessing. That's, like, the thing that's in the culture zeitgeist, right? Is 10,000 hours to master any skill is his whole thing. So if you, uh, if you want to be a professional musician, you will reach that level where you're good enough to be a professional musician after you've played your instrument for 10,000 hours. Like, and it's not a hard and fast rule, but that's, like, his rough thing that he regularly talks about, which is... Um, that, you know, regular daily practice of a skill will improve that thing over time and then also take you to that next level of mastering it. But he also, in this book, very well breaks down how the t getting the 10,000 hours of that, that you need to be successful at that thing is also a result of opportunity because not everyone's capable of getting 10,000 hours. I See, I don't want to get too deep into the book because we're going to discuss it tomorrow, but just to show an example. One example he gives is Bill Gates. Um, how when Bill Gates was uh, a kid in the early... Early as a kid in the 1960s, he, his, he was, like, fortunate. He was lucky in the sense that his uh, school that he grew up near had this, like, computer in it that people could like rent out time to spend time with this giant you know giant 1960s computer so he would go to that like lab and spend time just playing with it programming it all that stuff the point is in the if you grew up in the 1960s you didn't really have the chance to get 10,000 hours 
to master computer programming because most people didn't have access to anything remotely like a computer. Just by virtue of being lucky in location in the neighborhood where he was, Bill Gates did, and as a result, he reached that level earlier and was at a higher level and thankfully then was at a uh, mastery level of programming by the time this whole revolution with personal computers started. So there was the opportunity of being in the right place at the right time, luck meets opportunity, along with the fact that he had reached that level of mastery, and that's how he reached that level of success. So that's like one example of, of that. If, if that makes any sense at all, but that's uh that's that's kind of the basis behind behind Malcolm Gladwell. It makes perfect sense. The only issue I see is if I want to be a master at jujitsu, and these classes are about an hour long, maybe a little bit more, then I need to go to nineteen classes a week for ten years to be a master. <laughs> yeah, or you could you could break it down over twenty years instead, because that might be more achievable. Eight classes a week for 20 years. And then you can be a jujitsu master. <laughs> yeah, by the time I'm 51. Yeah. I know. See, here's the thing. I wonder, have I done 10,000 hours of writing in my life? I think probably, but I'm not sure. I've never really thought about it. So, 19 hours a week for 10 years is, is what 10,000 hours is? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, I definitely think I've had more than 10,000 hours of writing. I don't know. I could be wrong, though. I'm just going to do, like, I don't know, eight straight 24-hour periods of writing nonstop just to bulk up my numbers real quick. All right, here we go. Derek. Derek is the one who doesn't <coughs> like Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, um, and Meerkat World says Michael, you Michael Hobbs from the Maintenance Phase podcast? Every time someone brings up Michael Hobbs, I'm like, I need to put my Jordan Peterson video together because I interviewed him about Jordan Peterson, and he was such a nice person. Not Jordan Peterson. Michael Hobbs is a nice person. Jordan Peterson's an asshole. Anyway, I need to make my Jordan Peterson deep dive, but it keeps taking me way too long because I keep not having enough information for it. Anyway, we're going to keep going on that. But... Michael Hobbs is not a fan of Malcolm Gladwell, and also Derek isn't a fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Derek says, I hope I don't become obnoxious by saying how much he's overrated. Say how much he's overrated, dude. We are a place for everyone to share their opinions. We put up with some, like, uh, trolls who are convinced that we're, like, a bunch of communists, right? We have, we put up with the, the anti-communist trolls in the chat. We can put up with our friend Derek, okay? There's some trolls in this house. There's, <laughs> There's some trolls, trolls in this house. What ass p word? Uh, oh, the ten thousand hours thing has been debunked. Hold up, let me look that up. Ten thousand hours debunked. I didn't even know that. We're gonna we're gonna have a wild time. Yeah, a man dupe. I agree that I thought that uh, Malcolm Gladwell makes more sense than most gurus. BS. Yeah, I, and that's why I said he's kind of like Brene Brown to me because it's like I don't agree with everything Brene Brown says, and some of it does feel like self help fluff. But at the end of the day, a lot of it seems to be pretty well backed up. Um, yeah, I know that skill doesn't guarantee success. Uh, sorry, I guess I should have phrased that better. He's not saying that you will definitively be successful in that field if you have developed skill, but that that's the level it takes to develop the skill that you would need to be successful. So, I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Like, if you reach 10,000... Okay, so if RK wants to be a jiu-jitsu master and he puts in 10,000 hours of practicing at jiu-jitsu, there is no guarantee that he will be successful because 
a, a bus could hit him tomorrow and and then he could just be dead instead i could or, also be incompetent you could just suck at it like there's tons of like <laughs> other factors that could pop into play but the idea is that if you want to be a master at it you need to you need to have 10,000 hours to develop the skill and that's the point at which you can become successful at it so that's like the first that's the first like level you must pass if that makes sense however that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who is successful at something has 10,000 hours of practice at that thing. There's plenty of people who are a little nepotiz, like Jack Black would say. I need to get that on the soundboard. And they just, like, get handed something because they have connections. Like, that happens all the time, sure. Um, but uh, it's meant to apply to the majority of cases. Um Oh man, I can't be a master of anything in a year. If I wanted to do 10,000 hours in 365 days, I'd have to practice for over 27 hours a day. Aw, looks like you can't do it, but I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, Derek says, if he didn't look like a quirky androgynous hobbit, I don't think people would consider him as erudite. A quirky androgynous hobbit? You just mean just because... <laughs> Hold on. He just has curly hair, dude. So do we. He's like. Damn, he's like Derek Jamaican is going Canadian, in. I think he's Canadian or something like that. Anyway, that's Malcolm Gladwell. He, I think his hair is wonderful. He has. I think uh, that curly hair. Um. Why am I totally blanking on it right now? Uh, Divergent. A few articles debunking the 10,000 hour thing. I think Divergent totally fucked the word erudite. Did it? Yeah. They're the bad guys. Oh, yeah. I was like, I didn't read it. <laughs> Sorry. It also takes place in the magical city of Chicago. Yeah. Well, um, that's Veronica Roth, right? Yeah. She, she and I went to the same college. So she she's a she's a neighbor. I guess. I've never met her, though, so I guess not. Um, she's only 34? She's young, dude. She's young. Dude, she's killing. She's pretty. I believe you. I don't know what she looks like. Well, she imagine someone who's pretty and rich. Okay. Well. Yeah, okay. I'm doing it. I'm doing it now, Mr. Krabs. You're imagining or you're looking? I'm imagining. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this article is called The Hypocrisy of Malcolm Gladwell's Work-From-Home Criticism. So he got in trouble because he criticized people who work from home. So that's what we're going to talk about. This was his recent controversy. Um, best-selling author and entrepreneur Malcolm Gladwell recently came under fire for criticizing work-from-home positions despite working from home himself for decades. Okay. Gladwell, who authored books such as Blink and Outliers, was recently on the podcast Diary of a CEO, where he shared his thoughts about working from home, and people are not happy. Okay. Gladwell frames his take as a core psychological truth. We want you to have a feeling of belonging and feel necessary, he said, going further, to say that working from home is not in your best interest. He fails to leave out that work or work in an office is not the only place employees can find meaning. Uh-oh. He said, so if you're just sitting in your pajamas in your bedroom, is that the work life you want to live? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, actually. <laughs> yes. Two million percent. I want to I put in 
my 10,000 hours to become a master at things while also doing it from home. Is that such so much to ask, Malcolm Gladwell? I was at the basketball game last night, and my dad Sorry, told... Sorry, I gotta pee real quick. I'll be right back. Keep going. Fine. Um, I was at the basketball game last night, and the Pelicans won. They beat the Mavericks, even though we were missing three starters. Just goes to show that doesn't matter how great you are, America will always be Europe. So suck it, Luka Doncic. Um, and my dad jokingly said, man, Ari, working in finance by day, going to Pelicans games by night, you're like Wall Street finance guy. You should get a $5,000 suit. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, I'd much rather put that $5,000 into land. So I don't really understand the idea of finding meaning with just the clothes you wear. I mean, you know who finds meaning in clothes? Kanye. Yeah. Ac <clears throat> Academics love him, though. I mean, I don't dislike him either. And I don't... This isn't even changing my opinion on him. This is just a an idea. In my opinion, a rather harmless one um, that has no impact on my life because I don't really see his opinion on working from home versus uh, going into the office affecting too many people's decisions to bring employees back. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's that influential with this specific topic. Um, especially since he's not breaking down any data. This is all coming from a sense of self and a bit more nebulous understanding of the human state. I don't know. Flex on the host. <laughs> uh, I love Papa. Yeah, he's cool. He's definitely cool. Mama feels okay when she spends too many days in PJs. She's like to dress up and go out. <clears throat> I mean, I, I like, I don't want to go out in pajamas, um, but I also don't want to go out in a, in a suit either. Like, I'm very simple. My clothes are pretty much plain t-shirt and shorts or plain t-shirt and jeans. If I have to get dressed up to go to the office, that is, yeah, I completely agree. Also, I just see, I mean, so that I understand the efficiencies of working in an office to some extent, but I also understand the efficiencies of working from home and not cutting into your work day with a commute time. So both have pluses and drawbacks. I don't think there is one's perfect solution. It all depends on the work environment. Yeah. Uh, manufacturing is very difficult to work from home, but buying and selling stocks is very easy to do from home. Um, yeah, people find meaning in things other than work. That's the other thing, too. I completely agree with that. I kind of hate the idea that our meaning is so directly tied into the work that we do, especially if we don't own the business that we're working for, because then it's literally is talking about how our greatest purpose in life is helping other people advance the value of the equity they own and, and I, I mean what kind of footprint is that what kind of meaning is that my dream work requires me to work in pjs i'm sure you can get there uh who cares about finding meaning i just don't want to be doing hours of commute every day i mean i wouldn't mind finding meaning i just don't think it's at an office it could be i'm glad well where, where was I? Sorry, having internet issues, but I'm here watching. Well, welcome. In academia, they will reference him for their decision-making. 
haha, him and Brene Brown. I can wear 100% cotton. I look like a prisoner in sweatpants most of the time. That's a lot. But she does that working from home. True. A lot of people dress to work from home. That's true, too. I'm on a WFH rotation, work from home rotation. So I go in about 10 days a month. It's a good bout. That's awesome. <clears throat> My sister-in-law, brother's wife, she she now she gets uh, three days in the office, two days at home every week. I think it's a good balance. Going out in pajamas is my favorite thing. I am people of Walmart. <laughs> Always be yourself. Dress for respect as needed. Well put, Mama Lola. Listening while I drive. Well, welcome, Jess MUA. I go in my PJs everywhere, Moon Madam. Well, that's that's a boss move. I, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have the pajamas for it. Also, I, I, I just I usually just sleep in uh, athletic shorts. Even have my nice PJs that I go if I, I go so go uh, that I wear if I go somewhere. That's that's a that's a nice style to have in your back pocket. Currently in PJs, I respect it. Having sleeping, uh, I have sleeping PJs and daytime PJs. Respect. I don't think I've worn anything but sweatpants or PJs for two weeks. Upside of working at home. Welcome back. What's up? What's up? Everyone loves working from home. I work from home too, you guys. That's what it seems like. I work from home. That's great. Um, but here's the thing. Here's what's fun about working from home is that because I make YouTube videos and I want to look awesome in my videos, not only do I get to work from home, but I also have a reason that I have to dress nice and make myself look nice. So I don't like... I still get to do that part. You know, some people are like, oh, it's good to get out of the house because uh, if you work from home, you might just like stay in your pajamas every day and after a while it gets monotonous and you might miss uh, putting on fun outfits. And I'm like, well, that's why you make YouTube videos because then you make fun outfits that people will argue about in the comments. That is like half the comments on my Jeanette McCurdy video is people being like, either like, oh my god, I love your outfit so much, where did you get it? Or people being like, your outfit is awful and it's making me angry. Like, some people were angry about how much they hated my outfit in that video, which was weird, because I'm like... I don't get that sorry. argument either, because it's like, the only reason that you would uh, get dressed and go out is because of work, so we need work to do that. I, I disagree. If, if working from home is not impacting how much you're earning, then you can still afford the same outfits and you can still choose to go outside. In exactly. fact, you can, and you can sneak outside more easily in the middle of the day when it's still actually laid out. I mean, one of the worst I things, agree. Yeah. one of the worst things about working in an office during winter, um, is you drive to work when it's dark out and then you leave work when it's dark out. If you're working from home, I can now take my dog for a one mile walk in the middle of the day for it takes like about 22 minutes, give or take. And he's happy. He gets yep. his, he gets a quick little exercise and I get to take a look somewhere. That's not my screen and get some daylight in the middle of the day. I find that much healthier and find much more meaning in that than yeah. going to an office and having those same 20 minutes of me just needing to, take a break of stepping away from the computer and standing by a water cooler or getting a refill on coffee. Yeah, dude, I agree. Cause I've worked in offices before. I've worked in a lot of different environments before. I think working from home is, is great. 
Now, there are definitely things that I miss in the sense that, like, when when I first started working from home full-time, like, when COVID first hit, I struggled with uh, feeling a little isolated in the sense that I just need constant interaction. But first of all, now I have a show where I talk to you every morning out loud. So I've got that part You down. feel human. I feel human. Uh, second of all, I've just started working with other people on other things. Like, you know, I, I collaborate with people on other projects still. I can't, I don't have to just do all the work myself. Reaching out to other people and collaborating with other people is something that you can do over the internet and you can have video calls to work on those things and you can have meetings in that way. So you can absolutely do that. I still, you got that collab video today, right? I got a collab video coming out today, guys. Me and Camelia have a collab video um, cause we, she posted one on her channel of us talking about Jenna Kutcher. We have one coming out on my channel today talking about Brittany Dawn. Look at and you go. How she got sued and found Jesus. She found Jesus and, and also found a lawsuit from the Texas attorney general. Uh, so that is Brittany Dawn. We're going to be talking about her scandals today. I found uh, Jesus in a lawsuit. Title of your sex tape. You would like Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's that's an I do ongoing. Watch, I've watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's awesome. Yeah, I got I you. Brooklyn Nine Nine already. Yeah. Did you eat I've, my pen? I didn't finish. Uh, I didn't finish all of it, but I've got through like season five or so of it. Yeah, I love the title of your sex tape joke. Um. So basically, my whole point here is. I think working from home is great. I also love that I, Chewy gets so much time outside. I take Chewy on so many nice walks. He has the best time. So. I'm sorry for cutting you off there. You didn't cut me off. You're good. I'm glad um, to so hear that. Anyway, Malcolm Gladwell's like, working from home is no way to live, despite the fact that he works from home. So that's a little weird. Um, so as this person points out, many circumstances can make working from home more beneficial, such as, you know, if you have disabilities, you have a difficult time commuting. This has been a big one. Parents who can cut back on childcare costs when working from home, those without reliable transportation. Absolutely. All of this. I completely agree. It definitely levels the playing field a little bit more and it helps you keep more of your paycheck because you don't have to pay for gas. Yeah. Jess is over here like, I like having to pay for gas. Oh, you, yeah, I knew you meant not paying. I thought that this was, like, sarcasm. Like, you're being like, I like having to pay for gas, though, guys. What's up, Meg? Yeah, your your, your take-home goes up if you work from home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it says generational differences. If we don't feel like we're part of something important, what's the point? Gladwell asks, if it's just a paycheck, then what have you reduced your life to? The idea of working for more than a paycheck is a common one, especially among older generations, but that doesn't resonate with many millennials and Gen Z who have faced recessions, inflation, and a stagnant federal minimum wage. So, here's the thing. I agree that it's more beneficial if you can find fulfillment in your work. Because I've <coughs> found... I've worked jobs that I had no emotional connection to before, and you just start to feel like all the hours you're spending there are just eating your life away because you're like, I could be doing anything else with my life than what I'm doing right now. And yes, it's keeping me alive to get this paycheck, but like, fuck, this sucks. I have been there. So I agree that, yes, working just for the paycheck, while that is a necessity and often has to be a thing people do, if you find absolutely no pleasure in your work, what's 
in the long term, that might not be great for your mental health, but I'm not an expert. At the same time, I think that the sentiment gets uh, taken to an extreme where it causes companies to exploit it. Like, you know, when you're talking to someone in an interview, why do you want to work for this company? Well, for most, in most cases, it's going to be because you need a job and you need to make money. And yes, maybe there are other reasons, there are other connections you have to the job, but it is unreasonable to expect that everyone have some kind of massive, like, emotional lifelong connection to every job possibly out there. Especially if the job is not something that, especially if it's like, you know, work that is for someone else's vision primarily, if that makes sense. <clears throat> so, I know she's not, or... Okay, yeah, I wanted to make sure I got the right Nora right. Um, Nora Ephron once wrote, uh, "If you can't find happy, if you can't be happy washing the dishes, you can't be happy." And I always like that quote. I know it's not a one size fits all thing, but in terms of finding fulfillment, um, I do think it applies. In that, finding fulfillment isn't necessarily in the actions; it's it's in it's more of a personal uh, fulfillment that you need to work on yourself in order to achieve. Um, so I really hate the idea of finding fulfillment in, I'm not sure if you were on the stream when I first said it, but I really hate the idea of finding fulfillment in working for a company that you don't own equity in, uh, cause yeah. then all I of can't, your, I'm not able to do that either. I can't find fulfillment in working for a company that I don't own equity in it would be, because yeah. then that that's you're you're literally just saying your purpose is, is helping someone's value go up Isn't finding someone else's the, value go up one of the main arguments behind a lot of like the current online leftist discourse is i mean when it's not just like insular drama baiting like a lot but when they're talking about real things a lot of the the um Can I help you? discourse seems to be surrounding and I guess, I, I don't want to say this is like a communist, because this isn't really a communist thing. This is more of like, maybe this is like a common modern day socialist thing. But there's a lot of things where people talk about how everything should be a co-op, I guess, or like all companies should be owned by everyone who works for the company. Like, so I don't know exactly how that would work in practice, like do people necessarily want everyone who works for a company to own an equal share of it? Because that seems a little bit unfeasible. But if you want like everyone to, who works at a company to be guaranteed some level of equity in it, like I could see that being an interesting idea for how companies are managed going forward. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the co-ops don't, in, in, in my experience, I've seen co-ops rarely work for things outside of like food and farming um and crafts so i i, I, yeah, my I think my neighborhood's trying to get a food co-op going and they have been for like four years and it's still not off the ground so i'm a little <laughs> uh like bro what's going on here but food co-ops are wonderful so i have no yeah. issue with that um i mean I, I don't think the current system of having employees work for a boss is wrong i just think that employees need to value their worth and not see that as their fulfillment that's all my my issue isn't with working for someone else my issue is is working for someone else and then having someone who's far wealthier than you saying this is your purpose that's it gotcha yeah well because like sarah over here says i find a lot of security in working for someone else and this is the thing i hear too i think this all comes down to personal choice at the end of the day and that everyone's going to have a different experience because like 
Tyler's like that too. Tyler fi- Tyler likes working for someone else and finds security in that and doesn't feel the need to have like massive career aspirations. I don't find any fulfillment in working for someone else and when I'm working for myself, I can work like 100 hours a week because I am just so like invested in it. It's not even like hustle culture, forcing myself to work constantly kind of thing. It's like that's just what I naturally gravitate towards. I want to do that. So I think it ha- comes down to like just the differences in what individual people value and that's fine. Uh, that's Derek, that's yeah. the thing. I, I I mean the fulfillment in working for someone else's, and I could be wrong and oversimplifying it, but I see it as security. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's valid. And then also just understanding your worth and understanding the, that you have skills that could be valued elsewhere, and if you're not valued there, being able to make that transition to another company, as Sarah has successfully done, because she was not feeling valued. So, but she also wanted to maintain security, so she found another job. Um, yeah. So, in in terms of your other thing too, I, co-ops can work in some situations. I don't think they should be the standard because uh, I've seen them fail too much, and and it really relies. On, it, it, I I don't like the equal ownership aspect of it. Um, I think employee stock op ESOPs those are those have a lot of promise. Um, there's a bakery here that's an ESOP. Uh, which is doing really well, and that does add some motivation and does have some benefits, probably more than co-ops. Have um, I been to it? No. Okay. Well, uh, we go. we can. Um, yeah. But I'm planning to eat so much when I get to New Orleans. I'm gonna eat so much, and I'm gonna exercise so much. We're gonna be so active and also eating so much. But there, there really isn't a one size fits all either. I mean, in some situations, you just have to give someone more money and they're going to be happy about that and then they're feeling better because they're getting their fulfillment from the money they're earning not from the company necessarily <laughs> yeah um as it says here most of many of the statements on diary of a ceo seem to be steeped in generational differences like the idea that you can't make connections unless you're face to face it's very hard to feel necessary when you're physically disconnected he said that's i don't disagree i mean i don't agree necessarily i think that i think that really depends on the circumstance I, I value face-to-face connection with people a lot, but also I don't think it's necessary in every single circumstance. I think that, honestly, in the past two years, some of the closest friendships I've built have been online. And you can be face-to-face, like, on a video screen, and it's not quite the same, but, like, you still, like, you, you, you still can do it. I don't think that, I think this is very, uh, very black and white way to view this kind of thing. Um... But the other thing, too, is you can get more face-to-face time with other people when you're at home. Yes. You're just not working with them. So, for example, one of the benefits right now that I'm getting is more opportunities because I don't have to do this commute all the time to go to the gym during the times that I would be commuting to work. And when I'm at the gym, I'm able to meet people and make friends. Or if I'm taking Logan for a walk, stopping by and getting a coffee and getting per- and seeing people there. Or yeah. because I'm more energized at the end of the day because I didn't have to go to this soul-sucking office environment. I can go out at night and see music and meet people. Um, I agree with it, you 100%. I think I've been living the exact same life because... Since I started working from home, I've been doing literally all of those same things, yes. When I worked in an office, I didn't get face-to-face time with people. We would occasionally talk, but I would not call that social whatsoever, and no one wanted to be there either. Yeah, yeah. 
a lot of times, yeah, when I worked in, well, it depends which office. There were some office jobs where I got to make good friends face-to-face in the office and we had good connections, but there were other office jobs I did where, you know, you have a manager who is just really invested in wanting you to get your job done. And if you're spending too much time talking to people and uh, goofing around, then they get mad at you. And then they're like, no, go back to doing your job. And it's like, oh, but doing my job, I don't get to get to know everyone here. And then they'll be like, oh, you can get to know everyone at the company happy hour after work today. And it's like, no, after work, I got to go home and walk my dog. I don't have time to spend more time with the company, bro. <laughs> so that's what <laughs> that's kind of how I'm feeling about that. Yeah. Oh, I hate after work hour social functions. Yeah. I've done those before. And it's just like, I don't want to spend more they time were fun with y'all for like the first week of being out of college and being like, okay, now I get to meet some friends at this job. And I, I'm, I, I like getting to know people very well. So I was enjoying it at first. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, but like, you want me to stay after work, but I'm already been at work all day and I have to come back into work tomorrow. And like, I have other things I want to do with my life, dude. Yeah. So I got a little frustrated with that. Yeah, if you want to stick to know each other, do it in the middle of the day. Yeah. We, we, we can take 30 minutes off. Yeah, why can't we? Yeah, or like you can just not be up my butt all day about how I need to be doing more work and instead uh, let me talk to other people who are near me and hang out a little bit. Like, just calm down, bro. I'll get it done. Um... There's a, a few other interesting articles about Malcolm Gladwell. I wanted to take a look at this. Um, I'm not going to be on too much longer because I, I have to go to the gym today. I have to go to the gym and work on my body, which I can do because I work from home. I can work from home so I can go work on my body and be hot. So that's what I'm going to work on next. Um, there we go. This is called How Malcolm Gladwell Tricks You Into Believing. Um... So it's talking about how he spent 10,000 hours. He's going to write something truly great. The son of a Jamaican psychotherapist and mathematics professor, Gladwell is wiry both of body and hair. I, I, I like his hair a lot. I think his hair is cool. Um, that is cool how his parents are both, uh, I guess, intellectual types. That, that checks out for the kind of stuff that he does. Um... So there he is. That's Malcolm Gladwell. He's with a you know microphone. who he looks like? He looks like Kramer, dude. He looks like he's got Kramer energy. He looks like Kramer. He doesn't talk at all like him. When you listen to him talk, he's very like, "Hello, I am Malcolm Gladwell, and I am talking in a very uh, chill voice. It's also Canadian. I have a Canadian accent, eh? But I don't talk like I'm from. I'm I'm on Degrassi. I only talk like I am in the therapist's office." That's how Malcolm Gladwell talks, but he looks like Kramer. Degrassi is everything I know about Canada. That is not even true. You lived a block from Canada for years. Yeah, I lived a block from Degrassi. Fuck you, Rogue. You went to Degrassi High when you were growing up. Went to Degrassi High and you got high at Degrassi. Derek! (laughs) Looks like (laughs) such... Okay. I agree, Shisha. 
do you know I've been a journalist for 10,000 hours now, Gladwell said? <laughs> this has to be, this has to be made up, right? AI bot. Did AI bot write this? Um... Is this about, like... Yeah. Okay, so in 2008, he releases Outliers, where he codifies the 10,000-hour rule. Greatness requires enormous time. 10,000 hours, to be precise, he uses examples of the Beatles, Bill Gates, and in interviews himself as an example of when people reach the point where they have amassed enough experience to become an outlier. Oh, awesome. Um, so that's just greatness. I, I, I can do just, like, maybe 1,000 hours and be pretty good. Okay, okay, so this guy that. admits that the story didn't happen. Like when he when Malcolm Gladwell's like, "Hello, I have been a journalist for ten thousand hours. I must be great at it now." Yeah, that that oh. guy wrote made that up. Okay, good. That's what I thought. With his AI bot. That he used the AI bot to make that up. <laughs> Hello, I am Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell shrugged with both shoulders. Shrugged with both shoulders. Shot each other with shotguns. <laughs> Uh, Malcolm Gladwell and Al Capone shot each other with shotguns, and Shrek got yeah. jealous. Like real friends. That's what real friends in Chicago do. You visited me in Chicago. What did we do? We just spent all weekend shooting each other with shotguns. It was a good time. Yeah, we were both super injured at the end of the weekend, but it was worth it. Okay, so... After finishing Gladwell's books, you feel as if you can explain so much with such simple concepts. You feel special intellectually as if you stumbled across a secret that no one else knows about. I will say that the books are good at making you feel smart. The way that they lay out information, and it's like, wow, look at how well this all fits together. You're just like, whoa! But obviously the world is more complex than that. Um... Second, even at the time of publication, each of his books received criticism in the scientific, economic, and psychology communities. For those that looked, there were plenty of flaws there. For The Tipping Point, a 2003 study by Duncan Watts that looked to replicate Milgram's experiment, found no strong reliance... Okay, so it's t basically talking about, like, how some of the research wasn't de definite in, in the, that he used in the books. Um... Okay, here's the 10,000 hours thing. The 10,000 hours rule has come under scrutiny in the academic community. Case Western Reserve University performed a comprehensive review of 9,331 research papers about practice relating to acquiring skills. In their paper, they said that this view is a frequent topic of popular science writing, but we found that deliberate practice explained 26% of the variance in performance for games, 21% for music, 18% for sports, 4% for education, and less than 1% for professions. We conclude that deliberate practice is important, but not as important as has been argued. Wait, they didn't research 10,000? They researched... 9,331 yeah, research papers? Come on, papers? you just add, uh... 669. 669, dude! 669 is the magic number you needed to round it out. Unreal. Unreal. Like, 669? We don't need that. You know what? Fuck Case Western Reserve University and it's 9,331 kidneys, okay? Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Can't, can't explain that. Science has gone too far. Well, I, I remember reading that the 10,000 steps a day thing didn't actually have any, like, scientific backing at first. It was just... 10,000 steps a day? Like, walking 10,000 steps a day? Yeah, it, it was because, like, the original uh, 
technology. Like they, they, it was, it was literally just an ad to sell it. Uh, I thought for... walking ten thousand steps a day was just something people did because walking a lot is good for you. Right, but I'm just saying ten thousand steps a day was an arbitrary number, and then they found sign, and then basically they they started researching was there, after. Uh, was there a big thing around that? Because I just remember one day you told me, Savvy, let's start walking twenty thousand steps a day, and I said, okay. Yeah, ten thousand steps a day has been considered like the minimum for a healthy, active day. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know there and... was any number around this. I normally just. Uh... If you just ask me to do something, I usually just say yes. That's kind of be- where I'm at. <laughs> I believe it started as an, just an arbitrary number because that was how high the, like, I think original Japanese uh, pedometer went. And they were just oh. like, just hit that. Oh, interesting. It, it, it was something like that. All I know is it was arbitrary. And then after it came out, they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's not that far off. It's a good starting point. It's just, you know, if you don't, if you don't hit 10,000 steps, don't feel bad. And if you go over it, feel awesome. That sort of deal. Yeah, I think 10,000 steps a day is the default that my move ring is set to, that it closes when I hit 10,000 steps as the default. Yeah, So I just left it at that. And it's a good default. I usually walk about 10,000 steps a day. Usually, I I try to hit 20,000, but I don't always. I almost hit 30,000 steps a day that day that we had when you were with me in Chicago. And we walked all over the city, like we went to brunch, and then we took Chewy to Wrigley Field. You remember that day? Yeah, that was my last day. So your last day? It was your last day here. Yeah. Yeah, and then we, uh, and then we walked to the train station. We walked yeah, to the I train w- station, and then when I got home, I fell asleep in a chair while I was eating dinner. Uh, but I I walked thirty thousand steps that day. Yeah, I was well on my. W- in fact, I could probably pull that up. What? I my watch. I I ended up getting more steps than I even intended because after i dropped you at the train station i was so tired and i ordered a pizza and then i went to get we already have i already ordered pizza (laughs) i I was about to get off the train to pick up my pizza but then i stood up too late and the doors closed so i had to ride another stop but then that other stop was under construction so it passed to two stops down and then the second stop down was uh it was like under construction in a way that like you couldn't get around it so I would have had to have gone out and around in a weird way. So then I had to ride three stops down, transfer to the other train, and then ride back again, and then get out and get my pizza. It was a whole mess. Anyway, that was my 30,000 steps day. I'm, I'm looking up how many steps I had that day. Oh, does it have a record of it? Oh, yeah. I can take a look at all of my days. Is that on Google Fit? Oh, no. I'm on Apple. Oh. Let's take a look. Uh, that would be September 11th. No, it's the 12th. Yeah, the 12th. I got 23,000 steps that day. Yeah, and then you I did. on the train. Then you got on the train. Yeah, you did. I love it. Yeah, so you beat me that day because you obviously well, walked back to the, to the street. You also have longer legs than me. So I've noticed that like when we walk... The same distance, I will still have more steps by a little bit because it takes me more steps to walk the same distance. Yeah, Ro gets 10,000 steps a morning. Yeah, look at her. She's already exhausted because she closed her move ring. She's already tired. I'm so excited for her to go to sleep so I can just pick her up and scare her. Aww, sweet little snuggly kitty. Yeah, I hate her so much. 
Um, y'all, we're going to wrap up for the day, but we're going to be diving deeper into Malcolm Gladwell tomorrow because tomorrow is book club discussion day. So if you would like to discuss outliers with us, please come on the stream. We will give you guys a link in the chat tomorrow to join us on stream, but don't forget it is book club discussion day and we would love to have you guys here. And we can also pick another book for next month because we love talking about books with you guys. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. In the meantime, though, have a great start to your Wednesday. Love y'all. Bye.